0: Welcome to The Gathering at Adel. Today's message is from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Ask, seek, knock. You know, we're, we're continuing our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 7 through 12. And, and I know you, you could probably get tired of being in the Gospel of Matthew. I don't really know why. It's the Word of God, and it's beautiful. You you get to take the gospel and get to walk through it. You see, we we don't have to do sermon series to to hype up the Word of God or to hype up this or that new series here. Come, listen, man. We're ju- we're just going to go through the Word of God, and and that should be what's exciting to us to to know that we get to open up the Word of God that that it's alive and it's active, and so. Don't grow tired of Matthew, because we're in seven, and last time I checked, there's 28, right, Danny? That's a lot. We're, we're here, and we're in, in Matthew 7, and so don't grow weary in this. It's the word of God. It's valuable to, to be able to open it up and to go verse by verse, to not be hyped up about this or that, but to just dig into his word. It's fun, There's two things that we're going to focus on today, Uh, this morning, out of these uh, five, six verses. The first one is that prayer is an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father. Prayer is an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father. And number two is the Father is good and he gives good gifts. We're going to read Matthew 7, 7 through 12 together. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Father, we open up your word today. May it be alive and active for us. May you illuminate it. May your Holy Spirit teach us. May you... May your word just penetrate our hearts. Father, we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Is that you been on the phone? Oh my goodness, in the middle of the prayer. Pastor's wife working on Siri. Ask and it will be given to you. It's a rough crowd, Danny. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Prayer is an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father. We, we look at the importance of prayer, and there's been studies and surveys. And you know, when they say, Man, how important is prayer? Like everybody says, Oh, absolutely vital, it's important. And then they'll say, How important is prayer to you and your personal walk? Man, it's Vital. And then, then they ask, Well, how many people in the last three months have you prayed at least once? It's like 46%. Now, if something is absolutely vital, once every three months, that's the marker for it. I mean, I think you guys know my my love and affection for Dr. Pepper, and it's absolutely vital. In my life. And I'm not doing it once every three months. If we think that something is absolutely vital, then why aren't we doing it more? Then the question that they ask next is, well, how satisfied are you with your prayer life? And it's about 10% of people are satisfied with their prayer life it 's sixteen percent for pastors, so don't we 're not that much better if at all we're really not Ten percent think that it's absolutely or like ninety four percent think that it 's absolutely vital, but only ten percent are satisfied with their prayer life you see that that we 've taken prayer and we 've tried to make it a mystery and we we 've Turned it into this ask, ask, ask. Or we run to him when we need him to help us with homework, when we need to pass a test, when we need help driving, when we need to stay awake during the sermon, when when we're traveling, all of these things. Like we ask him for these things at these vital times, and we've taken prayer that was meant to be an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father. And we've taken it to turning him into a genie in the bottle. We, we, we rub the bottle, and bam, out comes the genie. We get three wishes, and we make it happen. But as soon as those prayers go unanswered, we quit rubbing the bottle because we don't want to deal with the genie that pops out of there. Because we, we pray these prayers, but yet we, we don't see an answer. Prayer is absolutely vital but we have to have the right mindset, and it's an ongoing and evolving conversation that we have with the Father. If our prayer life is ask, 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 that's not at all what it's supposed to be. It, it's way off, and that's why only 10% are satisfied with their prayer life. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. First, it's a command. Ask, and it will be given to you. But in verse 8, it's a promise. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. At first it's a command, but then it's followed up by by a promise. And there's, there's this idea that prayer is not about getting what we want or what we need. But prayer is about growing closer to the Father and seeing things from His point of view. We've made prayer all about us and our needs, but prayer was designed for us to be closer to the Father so that we can see things from his perspective. In John chapter 17, when Jesus is praying, he prays to the Father, and he's praying for his disciples and for the church, and he says, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. You see that he's praying that, that we would have a relationship that is as close to him as Jesus and him were. Have you ever tried to show your, your kids something off in the distance and you're like, hey, can you see that over there? And you're here and they're there and they're like, no, what, what, are, you look, what are you talking about? What are you looking for? No, it's right there. Why can't you see it? And they can't see it. And then, then all of a sudden you just, just take them by the shoulders and you bring, bring them over here. And you say, there it is. And you know what happens? They go, oh, I see it. Because they had their perspective from here. Here's the father's perspective. And prayer is about an ongoing and evolving conversation with the father because it takes our perspective and aligns it with his. And he says, oh, hey, look at that. You're seeing money and possessions in the wrong manner. Let let me show you a perspective on on where you are in this job. Let Let me show you perspective on that car that you drive. Let me show you perspective with the friends that you're hanging out with. Because prayer was not meant to be, ask, 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 I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. But it was about, it was supposed to be, hey, let me draw closer to the Father so I can see things from his perspective. Because proximity affects our perspective. Our proximity affects our perspective. The closer we are to him, the closer we are to his perspective. As soon as we get off on a tangent and we start chasing materialism, we start chasing retirements and we start chasing friends and boys and girls for the teens that are back there listening. Once we start doing that and we lose the perspective, then all of a sudden, all, all it takes is for our proximity to change because then our, our perspective will change with it. Prayer allows us to get a proper perspective. This whole Christian walk, you were never made to do it on your own. You were ne- it was never meant for you to be all by yourself. You're not made to carry that. Prayer is asking, seeking, and knocking. That's what we're going to look at at the first one, the first point today, is that Prayer is an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father. Asking requires humility that not only recognizes a need, but also recognizes that I'm powerless to meet that need. And that can be financial, that can be physical, that can be spiritual, emotional. It can be any need that you have. But asking requires humility. And humility says, I'm facing that I don't know how to defeat that, and I'm not equipped to do that myself. There was a, when when we were in New York, we we loved our time in New York, lots of horn honking. I I don't know why. I mean, just, I mean, like, there was not a second of the day that goes by that someone was not honking a horn. And a lot of times, it's not really mean, and I'm mad at you. It's just like, hey, Warning, I'm turning and I'm not stopping. Honk, honk. You know, like, if, I know you have the green light to walk, but who cares? There's a lot of honking. But we, uh, at one point, uh, we came across this guy who was homeless and he was uh, looking, he was trying to get something, some a drink to be able to take his medicine, allegedly. Uh, and, and if you know anything about me, I'm a big sucker for, for this type of stuff. I love, I love doing this, and my wife does not uh, enjoy me doing this sometimes. Uh, so like I, I hear he's talking to somebody, uh, on one of the food tr- trucks on the side and I'm like, Hey, what you need? You need something, man? He's like, Oh yeah, I need, I need like a Pepsi or something. I was like, all right. Hey, I said, you know what? Uh, also if you go to New York and you look for Dr. Pepper, let me, I'll tell you where it is. There's only like three places that I found. I got them marked though. I was like, hey, we're going to the CVS right here. It's right across the road. Going to go get a Dr. Pepper. I'll get you a Pepsi. I was like, just stay right here. We'll be right back. So me and my wife and her brother, we were walking. We get across the crosswalk. We're about to go into CVS. And I turn to make sure he's still there. and, And he's there like, there, he's right behind us, like, oh, hey, bro, okay, you're coming, all right, I like it, so we, we walk into CVS, and I get my Dr. Pepper and gummy bears, and I get him a Pepsi, because that's what you do on vacation, or really on any day, you get Dr. Pepper and gummy bears, and I, I get, get his Pepsi, and uh, we go to checkout, and he goes, hey, man, do you mind if I buy, uh, get some chocolate? I was like, no, man, go ahead and get some chocolate, you know? So he reaches right there where, like, the normal size candy is, and he's like, I'll be right back, man. I'm like, cool. All right. He... He goes back down to the aisle that had the bigger size candy. He comes back with like, you know, like a king size Reese's. And then, then the one that's like the snack size. It has the like eight of them in there, individually wrapped Reese's. I love Reese's also. And so I'm like, man, this guy's he's got it. So he comes back with these two things. And Lauren and her brother are just looking at me like, are you serious? What are you doing? I'm like, He goes, is this okay? I'm like, yeah, let's do it, man. You know, so we pay for it, get out. Oh, man. But. What it requires in asking is the humility that I have a need that I'm I'm unable to meet. It's like before GPS, and, and so this is like the older crowd, before GPS you had MapQuest, and that's We can go one step further to include Miss Anna in this one. You know, before there was MapQuest, there there was just word of mouth, right? You just knew you just knew where to go, and so. uh, But what happened is, if MapQuest was wrong, if they had construction and they shut down a road or something, then that threw everything out of loop because you only had the 17 pages that you needed to go here, and it's like, man, I'm really messed up. And the hardest thing, especially, I don't know if you noticed it, especially for guys, have y'all noticed that, is to stop and ask for directions. Like, I don't know what is in us that makes it seem like we are lesser of a man because we have to stop and ask for directions. But man, we would drive around for a couple of hours before we would have to stop and ask somebody Because there's something in us that doesn't want to say that I need help. When we pray and we ask, what we're saying is, Lord, you you know what this is? You, You see this need? It's larger than me, and I can't do anything about it. There's a freedom that comes from that. Because it's not ours to fight anyways. The first step is asking. Because we have to empty ourselves of ourselves. If we're going to receive what he has for us, we can't be so full of ourselves that there's not room for him to speak into our lives. Asking has very little to do with what you need and more to do with the condition of your heart. We've already learned earlier in the Sermon on the Mount that he already knows what we need, so we're not asking because he doesn't know what we need. We're asking because it shows that we're humble and that we need his help to rid ourselves of pride and to draw closer to him because pride will distance us from the presence of God. God. Quicker than anything you can imagine. Pride will distance us from the presence of God. So when we ask, we're allowing our proximity to change, which changes our perspective. And our perspective changes what we ask for and how we ask for it. Have you ever noticed that once you get proper perspective, now all of a sudden, Hmm, I don't have to ask for that anymore. I've got a proper perspective. That, that word, and, and you probably have heard it taught many times on, on this, ask and seek and knock, that those are uh, like present verbs. So it means ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. And, and it's said a lot of times that it means persistence in prayer. I think you can also take it to mean that you ask and you get a little bit better perspective, so then you ask again. You know, when, when you're 12, you want certain things for Christmas. Th- then when you're 18, you want other things for Christmas. When you're 25, you want other things for Christmas. When you're 40, you want what you had at when you were 12 for Christmas. You know, if you're a guy, you're like, oh. You ask and you keep asking, but your perspective changes on what really matters in life. We ask and we keep asking. But can I can I encourage you in this? It's not ask and keep asking. Like we like we have to beg. There, there's no begging involved. We're not asking like, Lord, please let, let this happen. I really need this. I really gotta have this. Make this happen. That's that's not that's begging. Sons don't have to beg. My, 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 my kids don't have to beg me for things. They ask. And then I allow for their perspectives to change. And then they ask for what they really need. And then we give it to them. But you don't have to beg. Ask and keep asking is not begging. It's getting the proper perspective to know what to really ask for. The next step, it says ask. And then it says seek. So many times, because of our view of prayer, we ask and we stop there. Oh, Lord, I really need this. We stop. Lord, is this where I'm supposed to be at work? Then we stop. But he says, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. There's this process of after we ask, then we have to begin to seek. if, If we open up the word of God and we say, this next week we're reading through. Matthew 7, starting in verse 13, and, and, you, and you wake up on Monday morning and you go, Lord, I, I don't know what that means. Lord, Lord show me what that means. And, and then you put the Bible down and you walk away. Chances are very slim that you're going to find out what that means in that moment. But if you say, Father, man, I really don't understand this. And you take a moment and you listen. Or you read it again, or you get a different translation, or you call up Pastor Mike. Hey, Mike, what what does this mean here? If you open up a, your computer and you, you search Blue Letter Bible, or, or you look at a commentary, then all of a sudden you're going to go, huh, that starts to make sense now. But just asking and sitting around like, I don't know, I asked, I still don't know what that means. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's seeking it out. It's hunting it. It, It's valuing what you're asking for. When, When you pray about clarity for your job, like, Lord, is this where you even want me now? And then you stop there. It's going to be really hard to get that clarity. But if you ask and you keep asking and you seek and you go, man, Lord, just... Give me a confirmation that this is what it's supposed to be. Give me a sign, or or uh, you seek with you know godly counsel from somebody. Hey, what, you explain the situation. What do you feel like? Is this the Lord, or is this just me wanting to jump ship? I'm not real sure what this is. Or you you begin to seek those things out, and then it makes sense. There's clarity because we have to seek. We don't get to just ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be the light. I want to be the salt and the light in my neighborhood. And then we just stop there. We we pray, Lord, I want to be the salt and the light in my neighborhood. I want to be a representation of who you are. And then we look for opportunities to make that happen. It happened this week for, for us. We were able to, have a trailer and help move a trampoline. Simple. Could have said no. It was hot. Simple things. But you have to seek them out. You don't get to just say, oh, I want to be the salt and light of the... and then just stop. Seek it out. Put your ears to the ground. Figure out how you can be those things. Prayer is an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father Because you seek it out. That gives you proper perspective, and then you get to come back and ask again. You say, Lord, I know I was asking for that, but that's really kind of silly at this moment. I I see that. Let me ask you from this perspective. Can you help me with this? The last one is knock, and it says that, you know, this this can be the terrifying step. that, That you've asked the Lord, Lord, is this is this where I'm supposed to be at in my job? And you seek it out, and it's like, man, yeah, I really feel like it's time to move. I've got confirmation from this, and this person agrees. And and then then you get to that that spot where it's knock. The the problem is that, that the door is closed. And so many times, we get to that closed door, and we stop. And we're afraid to knock. Because if we knock and it opens, then that means that we're gonna have to follow through with what the Lord has called us to. But if we knock and the door's not opened, then we then we begin to question well, did I hear him wrong? Does he not love me? Does he not care for me? Like I I asked and I, I seeked or I sought, like and I'm at the door. I knocked, like, I thought I did it all. Because then you can begin to question, oh, I did something wrong, I misheard him. or He doesn't love me, he doesn't care for me. He sees all of this stuff, and, and why would that work out that way? But it's okay, because if you, if you knock and the door's not open, then the Lord's protecting you from something on the other side, and you get to come back and Ask. You get to seek, and then you get to knock. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong. I can't tell you how many times that that we've sat with people. How many times me, me and Lauren, have, we've asked, we've sought, and we're like confident. You know, it's almost like you didn't even have to knock. You're about to just open the, the door yourself. Like, hey, like I'm home. You know. And it's like, hmm, that's really weird. I, man, I had all of this stuff, just doors not opened. So many times you see where the Lord was doing something in you to get you to the point where you're even willing to knock on the door. He brings you to a place where you're so empty of yourself that door really wasn't for you. It was just that process of getting to that door. And now that you're willing to get to that door, man, I can do so much more than what was behind that door because I got door number two ready for you. Don't ever doubt if you're loved or you're cared for or you're valued, if you're seen, if you're heard. Just because you knock and it's not open doesn't mean you were wrong. Doesn't mean you're not cared for. We can follow it up by, by this, this next step right here. When you look at this in verse 9, it says, Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? That's point number two. The father is good, and he gives good gifts. So what happens in those moments where I go to that door? I knock, and it's closed. I I. I asked the Lord for healing. I sought him out for healing. I go, and there's no healing. I asked him for clarity in my job. I asked him for a raise. I asked him for this. We talked about this. I I wanted to be in full-time ministry, and it's not happening. What's what's going on? You settle it by saying that the Father is good, and he gives good gifts. God has no perverted self-interests. He's not stingy with his good things. He's not angry with us. He isn't trying to get revenge on us by withholding from us. And he's not tired of us. He is pure. He is holy. He is loving. He is full of grace, full of mercy, and abounding in steadfast love for his children. It says if you ask for bread, will you give him a stone? And if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? He says, for you who are evil men, know how to good give, give good gifts. How much more will your heavenly father give gifts to you who he loves? Our heavenly father is better than your earthly father. That was offensive to some people in the room. Our, earth, our heavenly father is better than your earthly father. Our heavenly father is better than any earthly father you've ever seen, heard of, read about. He gives good gifts. It says if he asks for a stone, or for, for bread, will he give him a stone? It, sometimes we're asking for something and we're wanting the Lord to give us something. But, but really that stone is just a cheap imitation of a loaf of bread. We're, we're wanting something. And the Lord's like, man, that's, that's not what I have for you. I've got something better for you. You're, you're trying to settle. Like, like, you want me to give you this, and, and that's not what it's about. You're, you want me to get you, you're wanting to get a place, to get to a place of here. And the Lord's like, no, 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 we're going there. A no, an unanswered prayer it's just saying that he doesn't give us a cheap imitation he doesn't give us a substitute he gives us bread that sustains us that gives us life it says a fish for a snake jesus is saying here that a good father doesn't give gifts that are harmful to us that sometimes that we are asking for things that are beyond our maturity level and we're not able to handle it they're harmful and they're dangerous it would be harmful and dangerous for the Lord to give me a million dollars right now because my maturity level to handle that million dollars is not not there. If Milo, who is two and a half, asks for a pocket knife for Christmas, he's not getting one because that's harmful and dangerous to him. But if Ben asks for a pocket knife for Christmas, It's still harmful and dangerous for him. But Max, who's 18, asked for a pocket knife. It's different. Because his maturity level is there to handle it. The father is good and he gives good gifts. He's not going to give you something that's harmful. You might think that that job promotion is yours and you've worked your entire life for that. And man, I've earned that. But your maturity level isn't there to handle that. It's going to require more money for you to handle. It's going to require more time for you to be away from your family. It's going to require you to travel, and you're not not ready for that yet. It's going to require this, this, and this, and you're not ready. It's a no, but it's a no because he doesn't give harmful gifts to his children. And those are tough. Like, like why can't I have the new car? Or why can't I be in full-time ministry? Why can't I be doing this? Why can't I be doing that? Because our maturity level is not up to the level of what we're asking for. He is a good father, and he gives good gifts. Prayer is not about getting what we want or what we need, but it's about growing closer to him and seeing things from his perspective. God is not a wish granter, but a spirit giver. So many times we view him as the genie in the bottle as the wish granter. But really, the the same passage occurs in Luke chapter 11, this this same teaching. I'm sure Jesus taught on this many times. And and right here at the end in Luke, it says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much will the Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's Matthew, but in Luke it says... If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So many times because we live in America, we we think that prayer and asking and seeking and knocking is about materialism in the American way and, and what I want and what I need and to build my kingdom here. And we're looking for good gifts from the Father. But God is not a wish granter. He's a spirit giver. And the good gifts that the Father has for you is that he has the Holy Spirit. Jesus in John chapter 14, when he's preparing the disciples to leave. You remember, I think it starts off in verse 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. For I'm about to leave. I'm going to go away. I'm going to go to my father's house. There's many rooms. If it were not so, I would not say it. And I'll come back and I'll take you with me. They said, where is it, Father? Where is it, Jesus? He said, I'll show you the way. Ah, we don't know the way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They were nervous and Jesus said, hey, it's better for me to go away. Because I'm going to give you somebody who's better for you the Holy Spirit, the counselor. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth and all understanding. So many times when we're praying, we're asking for things and materialism and and gifts and blessings when he says, I give good gifts to those who I love. And those good gifts are the Holy Spirit. We're going to close with this. This week, I try to make it real practical. That This week, can you just make prayer part of your daily walk? I can't tell you how many minutes to pray can't tell you how many hours to pray. I can't can't give you a checklist of of people to pray for, things to pray for. Hey, if you do this, this, and this, if you read a psalm and a proverbs and you pray, then bam, you're good with the Lord. I can't do that. But what I can encourage you is don't be part of the 10% that's satisfied with their prayer life. Or be part of the 10% that is satisfied with their prayer life. At the end of this week, go, man, Lord, I, I gave it all that I had to you this weekend with my prayers. I asked, I sought, and I knocked. It's an ongoing and evolving conversation with the Father. Can I encourage you to do that practically? Can you you practice asking, seeking, and knocking? After you ask and you seek a little bit and you get a get better perspective, go back to asking again. And ask according to how He sees things, from that new perspective. Can you be okay with a no? Can you be okay that when you knock on the door this week, it's still locked? Can you can you be can you settle in your spirit and say, Lord, what I'm asking for it's it's above my maturity level, I guess. That, that if you were to give me this or, or grant me this position or, or allow this, then, then that would be harmful. And I'm going to trust that you are good, that, that, that my Father is good and that he gives good gifts. And can you ask the Father for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit this week? Just in your prayer time, just, just say, Father, I just want, to, I want you to fill me fresh. Fill me anew. He gives good gifts to those who ask. He commands us to ask and seek and knock, and then he promises. He who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And he who knocks, the door is opened. It's a command, and then it's a promise. Let's walk in the promises of God this week. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. Father, I pray that you would use your word to just sharpen us, that your Holy Spirit would teach us and equip us, that we would have the proper perspective on what prayer is, that we would see things how you see them. Father, pray blessings over these people here.